Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. everybody. Welcome back. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering here at Tolaris, and you are on the Next Level BizTech podcast. We're back again in uh, one of our favorite fun areas for us nerds here. We get to talk about cloud stuff. So uh, this week, you know, we're talking about cloud. We're talking VDI, WAS, DAS, a whole bunch of acronyms that we're going to explain. And we brought somebody really, really smart on. Uh, peer from our team, Anthony Hansen, Cloud Solution Architect. Welcome on, my friend. Thanks, Josh, for having me. I'm looking forward to the discussion. So uh, before we get into acronym soup and, and breaking that down so we know what we're covering today from a cloud perspective, I want to hear, and I think everybody wants to hear about you, your background. How did you get in this space? Have you always been techie? Did you do other crazy stuff before this? But we know you're the, the cloud solution architect now at Tolaris, but but... What was it leading up to this? Uh, so great question. Uh, you know, I've, I've been in telecom and kind of the telecom world for about 25 years now. But if you back up the camera, you know, I, ironically, I got my start really in kind of in the technology space, uh, programming my grandma's VCR of all things. <laughs> and so if, if you take us back into like the like the middle 80s, um, no one knew how to program a VCR. And, my grandparents always wanted to watch, you know, Days of Our Lives. It came on, I think, at three in the afternoon or something like that, and and occasionally they would have an appointment that they'd have to run off to and and uh, and whatnot. So I was the one that could, I was the only one really that could figure out how to program the VCR to come on every day at three o'clock, tape for thirty minutes, and then shut off. And so when they got home from their appointment, uh, they could go ahead and and uh, and watch their their new soap opera uh, of the day anytime they wanted at, at night. And so my grandfather, my grandparents, they were ecstatic, super excited. And uh, like I said, they could come back and watch it whenever they wanted. And then I was then in charge there, there on uh, for programming the VCR for anything that they wanted to see. And, but if you fast forward, you know, in, in time a little bit, my, my dad and my brother, they used to love to go hunting and fishing. Meanwhile, I wanted to stay up until two in the morning and, and play on my Commodore 64. So yes. I, I chose more of the technical route and my brother and my dad chose more of the hunting, fishing kind of stuff because that meant I'd have to get up at four in the morning. I, I did not want to do that. So, uh, but over the, really over the last 15 years or so, my, my focus has been on really sales engineering and architecture kind of in the telecom and network space. And it's been a fun ride. Um, but to really to kind of answer your question about how I got really kind of involved in desktop as a service that came through uh, a program called Citrix. At the time I was using really that, that technology to get access to applications, whether they were legacy or something that was brand new uh, from a couple of clicks on the, on the Citrix application on my desktop. And so um, this really kind of sped up my access to getting access to um, you know, various applications and making it so IT didn't have to come to my desk every single time and, and install a new a new application, and so that that was really kind of my gateway into call it modern day desktop as a service. Got it. And uh, so so wait, I have so I want to ask you some technical stuff, but I have one question. I don't know that I've ever seen a VCR that wasn't flashing 
12 o'clock. Are you saying that you had successfully got a VCR? In addition to programming it, you actually got the time to not flash 12 o'clock? I, I did. I, I, yeah, exactly. That's moving the bar up pretty high. That's pretty but high. But I'm with you. I still, to this day, see a lot of VCRs flashing the, the, the 1,200 constantly. I love it. Even if you try to go get a VCR now, I looked them up not too long ago on Amazon. I mean, they're, they're hundreds, hundreds. I mean, they're, they're supply and demand, and there ain't none left. So uh, fun stuff. Now, uh, so, so going into your background, too. Now, you've got a cool background where, you know, you've spent some time at Lumen and you've spent some time at some uh, uh, other telco providers. But but cool background. I mean, I know we're talking about cloud, but, you know, you've got talk about some certs. I think you've got some great certs that are super relevant to this talk track. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to say the first major one that I really got. I mean, I, I did a lot of the Cisco early on um, the CCNA, CCDA. I did a, a WAS with them, which isn't the same WAS that we're going to talk about today. Uh, and then the CISSP, it's a, it's a pretty big one in the security space. When I initially took it, it was a six-hour exam. I think I finished it in five and a half hours and was, uh, was kind of praying that I actually passed the class or passed the cert, and I did. And then most recently, uh, I, I, uh, I passed the, uh, the AWS SAA, which is the Solution Architect Associate. And so that, that took a, probably about six months to a year to study and prep for. And so that has really kind of helped uh, make me well more or more well-rounded in the, in the architecture space as it relates to public cloud. I, I love it. And, and I think that more than qualifies you to have this talk track and, and obviously lead the, the cloud side for, for solution architecture. And I, I I think the other piece is that it helps you design these with security in mind, right? A lot of people are, are coming to us with security as an afterthought. So, so let's, so let's jump into that. Um, let's talk about, we talked, we joke about a couple names. We, we call it VDI virtual desktop. We call it, um, WAS, you know, workspace as a service. We call it DAS desktop as a service, break it down. What is this technology? You mentioned Citrix uh, and, and really what is it encompass and what problem does it solve? Sure. So, I mean, at its at its core, virtual desktop really allows uh, users to access a desktop, you know, their desktop and applications from really anywhere, from any kind of endpoint device. Uh, they can be anywhere on the globe as long as they have an internet connection. And what this is really enabling is it's enabling IT organizations to deploy and manage these desktops really from a central, either a data center or a private cloud or a, a public cloud type of environment. And it's really enabling the work from home movement, which we'll talk about more recently. So that was something that was occurring pre-COVID, obviously. But really, when, when COVID struck, everybody's um, trying to, businesses around the globe are trying to figure out how do we enable our workforce to move out of the call center, to move out of the traditional office environment, and to work from home. Um, this technology really was a huge boost for those companies that were looking for a solution, whether it was virtual desktop or desktop as a service or workspace as a service. I know there's a, a bunch of different names out there for kind of a similar technology, um, but really what we're looking at is how do we mostly, how do we enable um, users to, to, uh, to work from anywhere around the globe 24 seven, 365 and still be a critical part of their organization. Fair points. And, and I, I guess um, before we go into to some of the more, uh, more detail on, on the next question, maybe just, Technology-wise, stack-wise, are there an unlimited amount of, of technologies that sit, this sits on top of? Or, you know, maybe it, is it Azure? Is it, you mentioned Citrix. A couple flavors there just to get people familiar with. 
Absolutely. I mean, it started really kind of an on-prem and kind of an on-prem uh, as an on-prem service installed on servers, just like pretty much every other uh, application was was running on a customer's premise. And uh, Citrix was, was was really one of the early adopters in, in this technology. And they've done a lot of, spent a lot of time and effort on the technology itself. And then it really started kind of shifting into taking it off-prem and putting in the data center for more redundancy, more reliability, more uptime. Uh, and then it and then it shifted from there again into a, kind of an, into a SaaS offering. Think of it as I need a username, I need a password, I need an email address, and I can create a user inside this environment that can live in a private, private cloud, in a public cloud like Azure or AWS, and very quickly spin up a new instance for a brand new user and what, what it was really doing is eliminating the need to uh, send that new user uh, a computer. So if they had one at home that they could use, or they had a tablet or uh, even a phone, we can use it off of a phone today, um, really across the, the technology stack and enabled the IT teams to, to shift this up into a SaaS-based offering, which is primarily what we're selling today uh, here at Tolaris. Got it. And yeah, you bring up a good point too. I mean, sometimes these things are are perfect storm. Uh, you had work from home movement that was kind of starting. You had all the COVID things that obviously accelerated that. You have now people deciding, do we really as a business need to ever have people come back or are we perfectly fine with remote work forever or some sort of hybrid? And then you bundle in, hey, everybody's going to resign and quit at the same time because we found better jobs or we found more money or I want to stop being a lifeguard and now I want to be a, a security person, right? I mean, all these things have flipped the market upside down. But I think to your point, um, that that technology enables it to to help a business grow through because through all that, no matter what, business still got to make money, they got to profit, and they got to grow. So it seems like that solves that for whatever situation anybody's in. That's exactly right, Josh. I mean, when I think you nailed it. I mean, the the key for the organizations that we're helping uh, helping them, you know, with a technology like Daz is is doing just that making sure that they can answer those calls, making sure that they can work on engineering diagrams, making sure that they can run their business just like COVID never happened. And I know, you know, you throw in Zoom and things of that nature that have also kind of enhanced the, the capability of, of, a, of a work from home model. Uh, yeah, it, it, again, Daz has really been a shot in the arm. You combine that with Office 365 and really wrapping around the full production, uh, unified communications contact center, Wrapping all of those services around desktop as a service has really enabled the the COVID nineteen and and I can officially say the maybe the post COVID nineteen uh, businesses out there and how they're running and, and working globally. Uh, not to mention the folks that, that are that are traveling like you and I. We travel quite a bit for um, customer meetings and and partner meetings and things of that nature. And and what's what it's really enabling us to do is grab that desktop from anywhere from a hotel room. Uh, from home doesn't really matter where we're at and enabling that functionality to, to continue to take place. Love it. Uh, so let's talk about a, a quick Tolaris commercial. Um, we, we talk about on these things of, you know, we've got all these great technologies that our partners, we're, we're enabling them and, and we're acting as an extension of them. Uh, and you're leading that out on the specialization side. So solution architect for cloud. And, and you know, talk to me about um, we're going to get into a, a specific deal here in a minute or some trends on deals, but what what is Tolaris doing? What are you doing? What is the overall practice doing to help partners that 
maybe they're in network. Maybe they're selling SD WAN. Maybe they're selling, you know, UCAS. What, what what's the Tolaris take on how we help them be successful in cloud and and VDI and WAS and DAS and all that good stuff? So, so I I think you nailed it. I mean, one of the things that Tolaris does a really good job of is vetting out all the suppliers inside of really in, inside of the ecosystem. And so virtual desktop is no exception. We're constantly vetting, getting updates and making sure we understand where uh, where our suppliers are, are leaders in the space and where they need some work. And so what we do is we really shorten that cycle uh, from the perspective of a, of a partner and a customer that bringing that opportunity to us, what's the right VDI or DAS fit for us? And so. Tolaris in and of itself, we bring a lot of expertise in, in helping our partners and our customers really finding that right VDI or, or DAS supplier. And we do that, a lot of, a lot of that is done by discovery. Um, and we can do everything from a couple of seats, a couple of users, all the way up, up into the thousands of users, kind of more on the enterprise side of things. And uh, really the, the type of user that, that a customer can bring to us or the partner can bring to us is really Really, any, anything from a front desk user, somebody answering phones, all the way up to a, a hyper power user, some someone that's using like an AutoCAD program that, that requires a lot of high GPU or graphical processing. And so, from that, you know, that basic desktop replacement to the high the high graphic intensive application support, we can support or we can source and support really custom solutions um, throughout the space. And so. You know, when we look back on when kind of when VDI got its start, customers were building out their own virtual desktop environments kind of on-prem, and they're buying very, very expensive hardware. And so as we're shifting, we're seeing that shift more into a SaaS, uh, SaaS environment. Um, it's, it doesn't require, you don't have to have the expertise uh, in-house to manage it. You don't have to own the servers. You don't have to control the data environment. Those types of things have all been shifted up into the SaaS, up into the SaaS space. So today my message is pretty simple, and that's, that's really allowing Tolaris to help you find really the right supplier based on customer needs. So you touched on it a minute ago, but we do have suppliers that have platforms that are built in their own environments and their own private cloud environments. We also have uh, suppliers in the space that we've, uh, that we've vetted out extensively and really their environments, their VDI or their virtual desktop environments are built on top of a hyperscaler like Azure or AWS. And then we also have a couple of suppliers in the mix um, that can that can build out their solution on top of a custom Azure or AWS tenant, uh, a customer environment. And so that really offers some other integrations that we would see that may not be as tight as uh, like an on-premise environment today. So we're seeing it from a Tolaris perspective, end-to-end -end solution uh, design architecture and really finding that perfect fit based on that business discussion we've had with the client. Got it. So uh, I want to talk deals and trends, and then I want to talk, uh, as we get towards the end, I want to talk about uh, things that you would advise a partner to do, and, and then we'll talk future. So so let's talk about, for a second here, deals and trends. Is, you know, we, we did lay out a little bit of some of these perfect storm things happening, but, you know, you're in the, to what you just mentioned, you're in the mix of a lot of discovery calls, very customer-facing, helping the partners uh, get into these complex cloud opportunities. Are there any trends that you're seeing in in the deals uh, that that you know you want partners to be aware of uh, as they're out there working these relationships with their customers? I would say the biggest the biggest trend is just we're just continuing to see a run on desktop as a service. We're continuing to see 
um, customers asking for it. The biggest trend in the industry, really across all of our industries inside of Tolaris, is the lack of resources. So as we're seeing IT folks being um, either relieved of their duties or leaving the business, and 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 the the bigger trend is trying to replace them and try to find a, a source to to backfill. Uh, that's probably the biggest business challenge that we're seeing. And then the trend is what what can I get off of my plate as an IT and as an IT uh, manager or a VP of IT so that we can then focus really on honing our own uh, IT resources to focus on our other challenges and not having to worry about figuring out where are we going to get the next laptop from. We're seeing challenges in getting, uh, you know, laptops in, in, in the COVID and kind of the post-COVID timeframes. Uh, they're, they're becoming harder and harder and more scarce due to the chip shortage. So we're seeing a lot of these different, um, a lot of these different challenges that, that exist inside of the inside of the, the business world and desktop as a service is bringing a huge uh, relief to that. And so partners, when I, when I talk to partners, what I'm really encouraging them to do is, is to expand inside of their base. And what I mean by that is asking some of those questions. How is the IT staff doing? Uh, what are you doing for desktops these days? How are you, you know, how, how are you um, responding to uh, work from home? How are you implementing that? And just kind of, again, working on those business conversations so we can then start um, engaging uh, suppliers in our mix. Because the suppliers that we bring to the table, we touched on that just a few minutes ago, but the suppliers that we bring to the table are, hey, how can I, you know, you know, once I've got like desktop as a service in place, what are some other services that we can sell into this customer? And what, how can we partner uh, with the agent community to, to move outside of that stack and up the stack? Things like backup as a service and disaster recovery as a service, those are different. Those are different technologies that that are live uh, that are that, that live in the in a similar space, but they're also kind of adjacent. And so once the partner dips their toe into the cloud water, desktop as a service is a great way to do that. There are additional pull through services that we can use to uh, to help sell in uh, further into that customer. Yeah, really good point. I, w I was going to hit you on what are some good questions to ask, and I, I think you covered it. You covered it really well. And it, it is kind of that approach of try this, try this thing. If this thing works, obviously the customer is going to be impressed, and they're going to need more. And again, I keep using the perfect storm example, but if you perfect storm this, if they're if IT outsourcing is the trend, and they look to a provider and they look to us to help them figure out how can they outsource these desktops naturally if you can get the desktop and you can manage the desktop you get all the other applications and you get all the other support and all the things that come along with that the security components that you know to your point the backup so i love that uh and and i think that that's a great question and maybe one other question uh that we might want to throw out is just where are you at from a hardware refresh um, when is it time for those laptops when is it time for those desktops to come up because then i mean really they have to consider right do they want to capex it or do they want to operationalize it? Because it's hard to get, uh, it's hard to get some of those devices, right? That's right, and that's a continued trend. You know, touch a bit more on trends too. I mean, we we talk about customers that don't want to outlay, say, thirty thousand dollars to replace their server that, you know, that that's uh, end of life, end of sale, end of support. You know, in, in one of those kind of conditions, and and when when we're talking about like replacing, spending thirty thousand dollars to refresh a server versus saying, hey. What if I could get a basic desktop built in the cloud that we don't have to manage, and that would be maybe 40, 50 bucks a seat, uh, kind of on the lower end, uh, and replace that with a, with a monthly OPEX spend that's becoming, uh, or I should say, just a kind of a continued trend. Another trend that I've seen too is 
where can I get desktop as a service around the globe? And the answer is pretty much everywhere. Uh, we talked about some of the suppliers that are built across Azure, anywhere that Azure can be spun up, we can typically uh, spin up uh, desktop as a service for them. Uh, and yes, even in China, there are some custom, there's one custom opportunity that I'm working on right now. We're trying to figure out a way to, as China has its own very custom uh, set of regulations uh, and, and, you know, the great fall, firewall of China, we talk about some of those, uh, some of those aspects that uh, can trip up some of our customers that have Chinese operations. Um, and so we're, we're working on trying to build a custom solution for them. And then, you know, as, as it relates to, um, you know, we talked about where, where else can we get, you know, desktop as a service, but the, really the, the core answer there is if we talk at virtual, we talk about in the cloud, we can really spin it up pretty much anywhere that they have, uh, that a customer has uh, employees around the globe. Good point. Uh, final thoughts. The future. We always love to, you know, we look at where we're at, we look at where we're going, we, you know, and there's, there's where the channel is going. Then there's where the broader industry is going. There's the customer demand. So just got maybe your perspective. What are the next 12, 24, if you want to look out further than that, great. Uh, what would you advise people to kind of stay aware of? What do you think is coming next? Well, you know, one of the benefits we haven't really talked about too much uh, today, Josh, and that is uh, we, we did touch on security, but ransomware. So that's been something that's been a recent kind of a net benefit of virtual desktop. And, and when we talk about ransomware, that's really kind of where a bad actor sends you a link, you click on it, it downloads a small application and decides to lock your machine for good. And if you don't pay the ransom, you can't unlock the machine. And one of the really kind of side benefits that we've seen recently and talk about kind of future technology is, is around ransomware. And, and that's the ability for us to reset quickly um, via like a snapshot. So we'll take a snapshot, say every day of, of, the, of the virtual desktop or be able to relaunch a virtual desktop for a customer. And that really has, has, has helped us navigate the ransomware space. And so by using you know, snapshots and other technology, the virtual desktops can help limit that damage and limit some, in some cases, the spread of these types of cyber attacks. So this isn't to say that, it, you know, that virtual desktop is the end all be all for ransomware, but it does um, have, a, have, a, have a very quick way of helping us restore those machines that have been locked by an attacker. Uh, so on the roadmap, we're seeing suppliers in the space really kind of fur further enabling the work from home. We touched on it, things like unified communications. How can we tighten up, you know, provide a virtual desktop uh, tie that up to, say, a unified communications uh, offering or a contact center uh, type offering and allow, really allow the, the home user, the home worker, I should say, um, to, to, to really be part of the office, so to speak, uh, enabling that really that home, uh, that remote desktop user to, to, to take those calls. They don't have to physically be in the office anymore. So that's kind of a, uh, a bit of a continued trend. But I, I, I can't really, I can't really say that I predict the future and, and the trends, but I will say that moving the compute and the storage and, and, and those types of things that you would normally have on a, on a laptop um, that, that you have to procure image and send out to a user and instead using those resources up in the cloud, it makes it a lot easier for these organizations to, um, the, and the desktops uh, as a service uh, supplier uh, providers to, to manage a customer's um, infrastructure and also helps to, to to really limit the the purchase and the spend because the the laptops that we're shipping out to end users today 
doesn't need as much storage, doesn't need as much compute, and doesn't need as much processing when most of that is being done up in the cloud. And so I think those are some of the trends and some of the future things that I'm trying to keep an eye on, not to mention what are the hyperscalers doing in, this, in the business? What is AWS, what is Azure has a new play in the, in the DAS space? And, and what, are we, what are we seeing um, from, from the hyperscalers as they continue to build out their applications and, and continue to kind of jump in this game and in this space? Love it. Uh, scalability, predictability, cost, uh, you hit on all those things, and I will award you two extra bonus points for weaving in security into the conversation. Absolutely. Uh, super sharp. Uh, that, My friend, that, that brings us up to the end. Anthony Hansen, Cloud Solution Architect at Tolaris. I appreciate you coming on, man. Josh, thanks for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, uh, hit us up anytime you have any questions in the desktop as a service space. We're always happy to help. Awesome. All right, everybody, that wraps us up. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris. And this wraps up Next Level Biz Tech Podcast. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. Next Level Biz Tech has been a production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.